yourself and learn a little bit about yourself because uh, there are people here that haven't been Thank you, Paul, for allowing us to be here with you this morning. Uh, before I even tell you who I am, ladies, thank you. That was a powerful song, but the way you delivered it was even more powerful. So thank you for the grace of that. And I don't know about you, but the song before that, I needed that. I just absolutely needed that and to be able to praise the Lord and just realize all of his attributes and his holiness and his awesomeness. So thank you. Whoever picked out the songs this morning, wow, spot on. Thank you. My name is John Corley, and I'm the founder of Stepping Out Missions, which means absolutely nothing other than we are one more on your board out there of the wonderful job you are doing across the globe. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for looking beyond these walls, and you have been known for that for a very, very, very long time. My first contact with Garden Chapel, uh, I was trying to think about this early this morning, was September of 1999. I walked through those doors, and you started loving us, and you have not stopped, and I thank you very, very much. Stepping Out Missions, kind of a catchy little name, um, stepping out, stepping over, stepping into. Uh, we do all of that, and uh, we're called ministries, missions. Our, our own board members can't even remember our name, so that makes it pretty generic. But it's stepping out missions. Our goal is to challenge, mobilize, and equip believers, you, me, to the call of mission opportunities. Now, that's a big old handle to say we try to get you to step out of your comfort zone, go with us, and get involved and help people to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that takes on many, many different faces. Um, the thing that you got involved with myself personally and my wife and now has led to the, to the name Stepping Out Missions was back in 99 when this church got very, very involved in a well drilling project in West Africa. And you helped put equipment together. And many of you here are a personal friend of mine because you came over to uh, Hershey over in a little place called uh, 200 Hits Lane. And we laid underneath of trucks for five different months welding and fabricating and uh, sent those rigs to West Africa to, dwell, to, to drill wells. And I thank you for that. Of course, you have kept up with those stories. There's a lot going on in West Africa, and um, those rigs were taken by the rebels, and then they came back. And I can assure you that today those, those trucks are drilling holes, and Lord willing, come March and April, we'll be going into West Africa and putting in five more wells in a village that you'll hear about in just a moment. But I want to thank you for your faithfulness. But I also want to introduce to you in just a moment some fruit. Now, I don't mean that he's goofy, because here in America, I've had the hardest time. Uh, he's here from West Africa with us, and all of our slang, you know, you call somebody a fruit, we all know exactly what you're talking about. Well, this morning, I want to introduce some fruit to you, but it's not the kind that you think about. It's the product or the result of years and years and years of you praying and being with us in West Africa, this is today I'm going to talk about West Africa and not South America or someplace else. I met a man on that first well drilling rig. I needed a help. 
I just, I was out there and I'm in the middle of a West African French nation and we'd get stopped along the road. Man, he might as well be speaking Hebrew. I didn't know a clue in the world what they were talking about. And uh, so I, I knew real quickly that I needed a language partner. I needed somebody that knew West Africa. And I met this young man by the name of Yah Quasi Jacques. Yah Quasi Jacques. That sounds kind of cool, doesn't it? Well, he's in the Northern Hemisphere now, so he just likes Jack. So this morning when you go up to him, you can say, Hey, Jack, how you doing? But Jack was my helper. Jack went through many, many military stops with us. Uh, he has done... When a man will stand in front of a soldier, and that soldier has become very aggressive. And when that man stands in front of you and says, oh no, you have to shoot me before you shoot Papa John, then you know you've got a brother. That's the kind of man I'm going to introduce to you. Jacques, come on up here. Um, This is a man who, after the well drilling, had stopped for a portion of time because of the rebels. You know, when I couldn't find this man when we were working, It's all I'd have to do is be real quiet. And I could hear that he was somewhere witnessing to somebody. He was doing discipleship. He was preaching. He was teaching. And God was just using him mightily. Over those past 10 10 to 13 years, we've lost track coming and going because of all the commotion in Africa. This dear brother of mine uh, has started a church that you have been involved in in his village. This morning they just finished up. Uh, There was over 200 believers in the middle of a a little village church in Africa, and now he is responsible for 23 different other groups or villages in which the Word of God goes out every, every week. A lot of it goes out orally. There are places where the Word of God, uh, people can't read or write, and uh, just a lot of things going on in people's lives. And those little pastors from those 23 little, little churches have said, would you please, Brother Jacques, would you please teach us the Word of God? Will you help us pick it apart? Will you help us so that we don't go down the wrong road? So that's what Stepanout's new adventure is uh, in West Africa. We have many. But this morning, as you hear his heart, as he teaches, as he preaches, as he gives you his testimony, just realize that this man right here is part of your fruit that you took a chance on in 1999 when you started that crazy well project and that led to people having water which led to pastors and now all over West Africa. So I'd like to introduce to you this morning Yaquazi Jack. (laughs) Hello brothers and sisters. It's a real pleasure and joy for me to be with you this morning. Like John said, uh, I am fruit of your prayer. And I want to thank you for um, investing in ministry and investing in my life. Thank you so much. Uh, I am from Ivory Coast. We speak French there. And uh, please forgive me for my... English somehow twisted, but I pray that the Holy Spirit uh, guides all of us together so we will be blessed at the end of the time that has been given to me. 
This morning, I'm going to invite you guys to follow me in uh, a passage that we will uh, try to get something from, and it's going to be kind of cocktail of uh, preaching and testimony. So, uh, please allow that to be so, and if we are led by the same spirit, I believe we'll be blessed. But before I go any further, I will ask uh, the pastor, who, pastor introduce us now, to pray for this moment, if he's around. Yes, please. Thank you, Pastor. Um, I want to start by asking my brother Joe to read uh, a passage in the Bible from First King, First King, verse uh, uh, chapter three, verse four to ten, please. First Kings, chapter three. You're doing great. I always try to tell him he's doing great because he, he gets nervous, but you're doing great. Very clear. <laughs> 1 Kings chapter 3, starting in verse 4. <clears throat> and the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, this your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. Thank you, brother. I am a fruit of your prayer and the way you minister. I am from the Baule tribe in Ivory Coast. And the tribe I'm from is a tribe that worship 
highly the devil and witchcraft. And through your prayers, by the grace of God, I've got to know a lot of things. And the more I get to know more, the, get, the more I get a lot of to carry. So, as I met the Lord and I decided to surrender uh, my life to Jesus and leave whatever my parents and my grandparents were worshipping, I decided, or uh, maybe the Holy Spirit did it for me, but to dig in the Word of God and know the Lord better and better. And the more I go through the Word of God, the more I feel the call of sharing the Word with others. And like I've said now that the more I try to learn, the more I get things to carry is what I'm, t- I'm, st- I'm telling you guys. I've discovered something that is blessing my life. I want to share that with people. This morning, I want to put myself in the position of a man who was having a good load to carry. Like today, like I'm, saying, I'm telling you guys, I have a big load to carry. My people, the Bauli tribe, worship anything, thinking they are worshiping God. They worship, they give sacrifice to roads, war, river, palm trees, anything. And even sometimes, Babies are given the name of some of the devil that they have been worshipping. Trying to look for protection. Trying to look for safety. And through that, darkness has, if I can say so, has kind of covered These people, and I have got to realize that we need light. And there is nothing else than Jesus to be a light of human beings' life. So as far as I met the Lord, that is what I have been trying to do so far. In this um, passage we read this morning, a man... A young man is called to become a king and lead a lot of people. People who are the people of God. For sure, the people back there in my my area are also created by God for his glory. So we have to live the kind of way that in all our step, step, everything we do, we honor God. And it is very bad if they give the honor to be offered to God that they are giving that uh, honor to our, the nature, to, to anything. 
That is not meaningless. So, uh, since I've got to know, I have to share light with my people. I'm seeking for some gracious, some precious thing that this man we read about also was looking for. He had the duty of taking care, watching over God's people. And I'm finding myself as a man who is called to take care of God's people too, to let them know they are God's people, to let them know how they can walk in the way that God will be honored in their, their behavior every day. This guy here, if I, start, I, I go through the few verses that we read this morning, was facing the same of situation that I've been facing so far and I'm facing now. He was called to be a king in replacement of his father who was old. So when I look at this word, to me that guy was watching his father worshiping God, the way his father was doing. And when he was called to be a king, the first thing he did, he went to the place where his father normally go and give offerings to God. And he went and gave a lot of things to God. The Bible says he offered a thousand of burnt sacrifice. When we sacrifice things to the river in our village, they just kill it, pour the, the, the blood out, and we eat the meat. So we have part of those kind of sacrifice. But in this particular sacrifice, they burnt all the, 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 the animals that they brought. They just wanted to give everything and everything to God. And when they burnt that thousand of sacrifices, that rejoiced the heart of God. And we read that at night or in a dream, the Lord appeared to the guy and asked him a question. In what I've read and what I've got through is that the man decided to please God. And because he decided to please God, he decided to raise the, the, the name of the Lord higher and higher, God was happy with him. If in our life we put the Lord first, if we give honor to God, if we walk by the way the Lord wants us to be living, he will be rejoiced through what we do. And he will just not keep quiet over what we will do. And the same way in this passage, God didn't hide himself against the, the face of Solomon. But he, he had a dream, and God walked towards him and asked him, What would you like for me to do for you? I hope Jesus will just come in my dream and ask me the same question. That's a great question. 
If this morning we have done, a, we do something very nice, and the president comes in this church and asks to each of us, what would you like for, what would you like for me to do for you? Many of us will ask for money. Many of us will ask for houses, cars, and precious things. But the question that God asked to this man gave him the opportunity to share his heart. But before he said what he needed, he is going to start to cut all the kindness, all the good things that God did for his father and for the nation even and for themselves. So he said, you shown a great kindness to your servant, my father, David, because he was faithful. That word means a lot to me. He knew God was good to his father, David, because David was faithful. So this man was having in mind to be faithful to God too. That is why at the beginning of his throne, he went and offered sacrifice. He quoted the faithfulness of his father before God and the faithfulness for God to his father. Because he was faithful and righteous and upright in heart, you have continued this great kindness to him and have is, has given his son to sit on the throne on this very day. So to Solomon becoming a king is a continuation of the kindness of God to his father that is getting the benefit. So, uh, instead of telling God, I want this, I want that, he raised one again the name of the Lord High. I am standing before you this morning. I want my life to praise God. I want my life to praise God. I want the, all of us to praise God through everything we do every day. Solomon decided that he has to walk in the step of his father in being faithfulness, in being faithful and being a real servant to God. So then... Uh, it will start in this word we read to share his heart and ask what he was needing. What I need, and I'm trying to look you guys understand so we can be in the same uh, position or same step and know how we can direct our prayers, seek the wisdom from God. So this morning, I'm talking I'm talking a lot, but I want to be moving around, asking wisdom from God. Solomon will start expressing his concerns to God. He said, you know I'm just a little child who even doesn't know how to carry on his duties. I don't even know 
how I can just uh, walk like the way I am supposed to. I don't know. I have no knowledge. I have nothing um, to know about my daily work. So your name will be praised. These days, mean, uh, we sometimes get confused. In some of the situations, we get confused and we don't know what to do. And sometimes what we decide to do, we don't even ask ourselves, I'm going to do this, but is that going to be an honor to my Lord? Sometimes we just do things before we regret. I am just a little child who cannot carry on his duty. And the people I am called to lead are your people. So I have to take care of them like the way you want. I have to guide them like, like the, by the way you want. I want to be doing what you, are, you would have done if you were called to be doing the, what I am called to do. I want you to know that I know that the people I am called to lead are your people. And there are so many. I cannot even count them. How will I be able to do that without wisdom? Please give me wisdom. Back there in Ivory Coast, as Mr. John has said, I find it important to share the word of God with many people, but also know it can be more effective if some of the, some, some of the people are trained and go outside and share what they have learned, what they have discovered, what they have seen as truth, so they can share the truth. And then the church of the Lord will grow by multiplication instead of me alone try to go everywhere. One person cannot be effective anytime. We need to be many. And I think that's the way the Lord Jesus uh, taught uh, his disciples to make the church take the all earth, growing the, uh, the church by multiplication. So we are looking forward to have a discipleship center where people can come and learn together with us and discover what is true and be standing for the truth and be able to tell the people what we, are, we have been doing so far is wrong and convince them so they can get to know it is wrong. There is one place there I have my garden now. That is called the Devil Forest. Because to my people, that place is for the devil. They live there. Nobody can go there. So, I don't, I don't know how many years this specific land has, uh, has been there for, but since I was born and I started growing up to date, that forest is there. And I gave my life to the Lord, and I teach the truth to the village and to my small church, and I still see that place there on the name of the devil. And I've read in the Bible that God created the earth for us to live. So I started using that land 
And for the first year I entered there, they said, Jack, you are going to die. They even wanted me to buy them something so they can go and apologize to the devil so they won't kill me. I didn't do it because the devil cannot kill me. I have power to suck the devil away because the Lord has given us that power. I use that land and I make my farm there and I am having, I'm harvesting the best, the better crops in my village now. These three years, these three years, following three years, that's where I work. And I, I am not dead. So they are getting to know the devil cannot control our life. We have the power to suck the devil away. We have the power to take from uh, the hand of the devil what our parents have given them so far. That is some of the duty I'm, I am involved through. That is the challenges on my way. That is what I'm trying to fight because I want the light of Jesus Christ to be brightening in the village and to be brightening in the life of the Baule people. And that cannot be possible if you guys are not involved, if you guys are not praying for me. So I'm seeking the wisdom from God, but I'm also asking you guys to pray with me so that the Lord will be honored in all of my steps back there. Solomon asked wisdom. And if we continue the reading, God will not say, Ah, why do you ask just this? He was so happy that he answered to him this way and said, Because you didn't ask me to kill your enemies. Because you didn't ask me to give you plenty of money. Because you didn't ask me for a longer throne or longer reign. I'm going to give you Wisdom, I'm going to give you money so you can rule well and whatever you need. And according to the Bible, Solomon has been so far the best king that has been on earth. I want to succeed the mission in Africa. I want to succeed the mission among the Baule tribal, the Baule people. And I want to go even over my uh, uh, geographical situation. I want to go far and far. I need wisdom from God. And I need your involvement. I need your prayers. I need you guys to just help me do what I think it is good. If you agree with me that the best way to uh, bring light to the people is to show them the right way to live according to the Bible. I can't finish if I don't get, come back to thank you again for your love to, to Jacques. You didn't know me, but you trusted Mr. John when he told you guys about Jacques. And you start preach, uh, praying for me, and up to date, you are still praying for me. I have met people this morning who said, we have heard of you so many times, many years ago, we have been praying for you. Thank you so much for your prayers. But if God has given me the opportunity to be with you this morning, is to kind of use the fan and try to make the fire go higher and higher so our prayer will just be effective. May God bless you. Thank you for our attention. Thank you very much. In the name of God, Jesus. Amen. It's not easy, eh?
You did very good. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think I'm going to. He says, you have to tell them how I learned. Um, I want to just begin uh, by echoing what's already been said, and that is just thank you. Thank you so much for your partnership, for your uh, investment, really. Every now and then it's good to see a return uh, on an investment. It's important for you because I, we know Garden Chapel. Um, you're a unique body. You're a unique church because uh, we don't have to come in here and convince you to get involved in missions. Uh, it's actually a privilege to try to keep up with what you guys are doing. Um, that's rare. And I also know that, that Garden Chapel in this area of Pennsylvania, um, you know how to get your hands dirty. Many of you are, are working the ground, you're working equipment, and, and if you're not, you're at least familiar with it. When Dad met Jacques in 99, they had that equipment. I can assure you that my dad doesn't know French at all. And so when he needed that help at those different checkpoints, it was, it was legitimate. But the problem is, is that he couldn't talk to his helper and so if you've ever ridden in the cab of a truck and you can't even speak the same language and yet there are men with machine guns coming, um, you kind of get, you, you figure out how you're going to talk to one another. And it's just incredible for me to share with you just quickly what would happen at night. You heard Dad say that Jacques taught himself English. So he had a French Bible. <clears throat> he took my dad's English Bible. And at night he would just sit down and he would just compare what that word and that word were. And he just sat there. But now here, here's why I talked about equipment. Throw in there a Caterpillar generator owner's manual, okay? And then, and then you'd learn, okay, so this is what this word means, and this is what this word means. And these two, I mean, it's a miracle. I, I, just, I know my dad can do a lot of things, but teach somebody English is not one of them that comes to mind. And so it just genuinely, uh, it's a miracle, because was he clear this morning? Could you understand? Absolutely. So, yes. Praise God. Thank you very much. <clears throat> but here's why that's important. is because that's not a work of my dad. Um, that's actually not even because Jack is, is a really smart guy. That's actually just a manifestation of God's work mm -hmm. in the life of someone who says, Okay, Lord, here am I. And if you, if you heard his testimony, which um, it's difficult to share so many things, but Jacques came to know the Lord as a young boy. That decision then cost him. That decision cost him his relationship with his earthly father, with his family. He was outcast. Because in their village, it's you worship the river. You worship the trees. You worship the sun. Uh, this, this Jesus, this God, that, that's, that is a foreign thing. And so when Jacques came to know Christ... Um, it wasn't because of a program or because a missionary was there giving a perfect illustration and, and an invitation with just the right, do you know what I'm saying? Like we do that. It was a work of the Spirit just drawing the heart of a young boy to himself, giving him the ability to understand his word. And again, it's such a privilege to be here this morning because I know that's near and dear to your heart. You support many missionaries that are actively engaged in translating God's Word so that others can have the opportunity. 
But here's the thing. Those missionaries stepping out, we aren't the solution. We aren't the answer. We could work until we're dead. And our efforts will be in vain. The truth is, is it's the work of God. His word is living and active, right? It gives its own testimony that it, it is what does the work. And God's spirit goes forth. And God's spirit, alive with his word, bring understanding to his people. And so what we're trying to do is Jacques, Jack, I do the same thing. You call him whatever, you call him Bill, it doesn't matter. Jack is the director of Stepping Out Missions, Ivory Coast. His heart's desire is to make cement blocks, drill water wells, teach, preach. And so you can now understand the passage that he shared with you. The task is too great. It's too great. How could one man possibly teach and train people that don't even know how to read and write? And so we're excited because... How does Stepping Out Missions fit into that? Why are we here this morning? How does Garden Chapel fit into the equation of this man whom you've never met and this task that that he has? Well, the reason is, is because we believe it's the work of the church to reach the people. And so we want to come alongside of the African church, of whom Jacques is also responsible for. The task that's before him is something that I know will equate with you folks. Are you thankful for God's word that you have? Do you have God's word? Yeah. I know that in the pew, just underneath of you, if if you don't have a copy of your own, one is supplied. God's word is truly the living, powerful work. But when you don't have that, you can easily then be confused. When you are at the mercy of, of whatever is then taught to you and whatever has been handed down, that then you are susceptible to believing in the trees, to believing in the fact that the river is actually God. And so if you want to cross the river, then you need to sacrifice a baby. Jacques, didn't, I don't think you shared it in this service. The Baoule, his tribe, that name stands for the baby is dead. His tribe is identified with the fact that when they pilgrimed from Ghana, in order to cross the river, a baby had to be sacrificed. And so the name is now, the baby is dead, because as the legend is told, the river is a god. And in order to appease that god, you must offer a human. That is a difficult task, amen? Here in America, we don't have to face those struggles. And you have the opportunity to read it yourself and to figure out what what is true. Because if, if Pastor Paul came to you one day and said, you know what? We now have to go down to the waterway and we need to sacrifice a baby. You probably wouldn't follow him, would you? Because you would know that, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. That's not in here. But when you don't have this, The task then falls on God's people. And so what we want to do with your partnership uh, is we want to help equip the body of Christ. And so we're excited that here in the next few months, um, not only are we going to continue well drilling in the village, um, but we're also going to try to equip Jacques to train 
the, the, the church that is located in Galicro, uh, the Baule people, but then also some of the surrounding villages in just basic doctrine, basic discipleship. Some of those things that you as a church identify, this is what we believe and this is why we believe it. We want to come alongside of, of, of Jack and of those pastors and we want to help equip them uh, so that then they can do it. So that the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, can multiply. Not for growth's sake, but so that people can be saved from an eternal hell. Amen? And so we want to thank you because every little thing that you do, the partnership that we have enables this work to continue. But it would all be for naught if we didn't acknowledge the fact that God is in charge. This is God's work. We are grateful that God has appointed certain men at certain times to be the hands and the feet. But we need your prayers. And so we are just seeking you today, as Jacques has already said. We are seeking you that we would fan the flame to make it burn brighter and hotter so that people could come to know Jesus Christ. Amen? So thank you for letting us be here this morning. Pastor Paul.